Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. I guess now we have some clarity on what Lamar Jackson wants, and it seems like he wants out of Baltimore. Joan Amber is on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well. At Amber W Sports, Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. So Lamar Jackson... He tweeted out today a letter to his fans, and he said in the letter that he is, of course, thankful to his fans. Joe, it sounded very much like a goodbye letter to the city of Baltimore and to the team of the Baltimore Ravens. He also revealed to us in this letter on Twitter to his fans that he requested a trade. He says that he requested a trade from Baltimore on March 2nd. Well, the Ravens hit him with the non-exclusive franchise tag on March 7th and have yet to honor his request. Well, a couple things here. Number one, good on the Ravens, right? March 2nd, you have a situation where he requested the trade, and then a few days later, you have a scenario in which the Ravens, who obviously have this information, decide, okay, we're going to create a scenario here where you can go explore the trade market. That's exactly what this is. This is them saying, instead of putting the exclusive franchise tag on you at a cost of $40-plus million where we control everything – we are going to hit you with the non-exclusive. You can go out and negotiate, and if you get an offer sheet, we have the right to match. And if we choose not to match, you're gone, you get what you want, and we get two first-round picks in exchange. And so far, it doesn't appear anybody is interested in making that deal for Lamar Jackson because you'd have to figure, Amber, at this point, we would have heard at least one team say they're in, and instead it's everybody saying they're out. Atlanta is out. The commanders are out. The list goes on and on. The list does seem to go on and on, and – None of us really fully know why. Some of it might be the price tag that Lamar Jackson wants and is seeking in the future. And obviously, if things went south between him and the Ravens because they weren't willing to do that, maybe other franchises are looking at it like, hey, let's not even bother getting into this game. One, because the Ravens are going to end up matching anyways. But also, two, because even if they don't and we end up with him, then we're going to be in the same scenario where we're negotiating with him for a long-term deal. And if we're not willing to come to the number that he once in terms of what appears to be the guaranteed money, which seems to be the sticking point between him and Baltimore, then he's going to end up with the same sort of relationship with us that he has with the Baltimore Ravens. So maybe there's some trepidation because of that. Lamar Jackson did say that he feels like his team isn't valuing him. He said, quote, meeting my value in the tweets that he sent out. So this is clearly about money. He went on to say that his dream is to help a team win a Super Bowl. John Harbaugh, his head coach was quite literally getting on the podium as Lamar Jackson was tweeting all of these things out. Incredible so, timing. I mean, just incredible. T- yes, incredible timing for all of us in the consumption game. I don't know if John Harbaugh felt like it was such incredible timing, but here is the Ravens head coach on the situation with his quarterback. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here. And, uh, 
looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football, and I'm confident that's going to happen. He went on to say that no matter what happens, he knows it's going to end up being okay. He said, quote-unquote, I love Lamar Jackson. Uh, before that, he had said that he does anticipate Lamar is going to be his quarterback next season. I mean, John Harbaugh was in a situation where Lamar is tweeting out a goodbye letter, and he's getting on a podium to face the media and doesn't even have time to process it, Joe. Nevertheless, read the tweets. I think the Ravens understand the situation better than Jackson does. I'm not saying Jackson's wrong. I'm, I applaud him for his aggression and for standing pat on his desire, which is a fully guaranteed contract in line with what Cleveland gave Deshaun Watson. The Ravens have argued that that contract was a mistake. It was an outlier. It is not how they or anyone else in the NFL is going to do business. And Jackson disagrees. He wants that deal. So here's what's going to happen. At some point, one of the following three quarterbacks, possibly more, are going to sign big long-term deals. Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert. They are all eligible for long-term deals this summer. That does not mean that all three will get them, but at least one will. And when that one person signs their new long-term deal and they reset the market, and that deal also happens to be a deal that is not fully guaranteed like Deshaun Watson's, Lamar Jackson is now going to realize that it was, in fact, an outlier in Cleveland. And if Burrow, Hurts, and or Herbert is not getting a guaranteed deal, he's not going to get one. Not just from the Ravens, but from everyone. I'm not claiming collusion, but I think all 32 owners don't need to talk to each other to understand fully guaranteed deals are bad business for them. That is one of the issues in the NBA. It is not an issue in the NFL, and the owners will not allow it to be an issue in the NFL. So we're not going to see any movement on this until Jackson realizes he's not getting that fully guaranteed contract. Don't forget, we have, we've been doing this for a long time, this song and yeah. dance with Lamar, right? Don't forget, back in September, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen had that report that, according to sources, the Ravens had offered Lamar $133 million in guaranteed money that turned into $200 million in total guarantees if he was on the roster of the fifth day of the 2026 league year. Jackson seemed to sort of deny that report. It's hard to know where the truth is, but... We're all kind of left on the outside looking in, making a lot of guesses. And so Lamar says, you know, don't believe everything you read about me. And it's like, well, that's true, except for one of the problems with the lack of transparency is it leaves us in a situation where Joe and Amber are talking about it on Joe and Amber. And and there is going to be conjecture taking place because we're all sort of guessing. This was at least some transparency from Lamar. I like that he came out and he said, this is what I requested, this is what I want, and this is why. He at least tried to explain things. I'm just surprised that we're getting this now from him. Like, why now? Why today? Why on March 27th when your head coach is getting on the podium at the owners' meetings when you uh, apparently requested a trade back on March 2nd? This is the first we're hearing of it. It's not a coincidence by any stretch of the imagination. The second that Harbaugh is about to face the media, that Harbaugh is going to be in a situation where he has to answer these questions. I think Jackson went about it the right way. On March 2nd, he requested a trade, but he kept it quiet. He didn't leak it. He allowed the opportunity for the team to go out and possibly explore. So they go with the non-exclusive franchise tag. And then what happens? It's almost four weeks later, and it turns out 
perhaps nobody's interested in giving Lamar Jackson the deal he wants. So now, in the next leverage play, go ahead and make this public and try to put pressure on the organization to give you what they want. It's not a surprise that he's so overly gooey and emotional about the fans. The fans are the ones he wants taking to social media, going after the team, yelling, screaming, calling local radio, and talking about how we want Lamar. you got to give him the money. What are you doing? We love this guy. He's hoping to put pressure on the Ravens to get what he wants. The problem is if no one out there is willing to give him what he wants, then he doesn't have any leverage getting that from Baltimore because they still have the non-exclusive franchise tag on him. They still dictate the terms. Yeah, and I'm not sure this puts any pressure, frankly, on the Ravens or any more pressure on the Ravens. Either way, you knew that he was in a position to explore other options via offer sheet, right? So it's not like he wasn't in a position to talk to other teams. It's not like that wasn't a possibility already before these tweets. That's why the timing of this now sort of, to me, doesn't, I don't know if it really helps his position much. Baltimore's not going to give him the money because the fans come out and say, oh, give him the money. I mean, that's not how it's going to work. The way that they're going to give him the money is if they're afraid somebody else is going to. And it seems like nobody else is going to right now. Yeah, I think Baltimore wants to pay him. I think they've probably offered him big-time deals. They want to keep him in the fold. It's just what he's asking for is something they can't and are unwilling to meet. And unfortunately for Jackson, it looks like no one else is willing to do this either. So now it's up to him. Do you want to sit out the season? Do you want to make nothing this year and give up a year of football? Or do you want to come off your position and say, all right, I can't get the fully guaranteed deal, but maybe, just maybe, I can put myself in a situation where I still get a monster contract with a ton of guarantees Guaranteed money, setting up generational wealth for me, my family, and all the kids after me who are going to be coming up the line. That's what he could do. It can still get done. I think Baltimore still wants to make that work. They are not taking this personally. They are not offended by it. I think they understand the situation, and they realize at some point he's hopefully going to realize it too. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Lamar Jackson hadn't talked about his contract since week one of last season. He hadn't spoken to reporters since December 2nd. Now he's speaking to us, so to speak, via Twitter. Coming up next, speaking of quarterbacks that do a lot of speaking, it sounds like we weren't getting the whole story from Aaron Rodgers. Imagine that. When it came to how the Packers were handling his future with the franchise, you have to hear what the Packers general manager had to say. That's next. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. The Green Bay Packers have entered the conversation. Aaron Rodgers has once again, of course, entered the conversation. Even the New York Jets have, of course, entered the conversation. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So Brian Gutekunst is the Packers general manager. He, of course, was at the owners' meetings. There were microphones. There were reporters. And one of them asked him this. Now pay attention. Joe and Amber, Aaron Rodgers' watch. Everything you and Aaron did to, I don't want to say repair the relationship of the last two years after he, you know, said everything he did a couple years ago. Then he comes out a couple weeks ago and says you basically went behind his back to shop him and he didn't seem too pleased from your perspective. How did the last couple months kind of transpire? Yeah, I didn't really take his comments like that and it's certainly not true. I mean, I think, you know, as we got out of the off season or after the season and we, we had a good conversation um, and then you know, we're, we're going to have some follow-up conversations. And our inability to reach him or for him to respond in any way, I think at that point, then we just kind of had to, we had to, I had to do my job and kind of reach out and understanding that a trade could be possible uh, and see who was interested, but that shopping was never really part of that. So that is interesting, Joe. Quite the different version of events there from the Packers front office than we got from Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show. So point number one, as much of a content machine as Rodgers is, he did not lead the show today. Lamar Jackson led the show today. And I know we had an argument off air about who is the better content machine. Maybe we can put that out to the callers at some point later in the show. But this information is fantastic. Does it surprise anybody? Does it surprise anybody at all that Rodgers just wouldn't bother to deal with the organization? Now, here's what I find interesting. Did Gutekunst in the front office reach out to his agent? Were they speaking to Aaron Rodgers' agent? Because unlike Lamar Jackson, he does have an NFL agent representing him. And if he does, that's generally who you call if you want to work through these things, right? He's the intermediary. That's so things don't get emotional. If Rodgers doesn't want to talk to Green Bay management, he doesn't have to talk to Green Bay management. It might not be a great business move. It might not be great for relationships. But if he chooses not to, he has a representative that he pays, what, 3% to that can handle that stuff for him. So I hope And if there wasn't, I'd love to know why there wasn't a follow-up as to, hey, well, did you call the agent, and what did the agent say? Because that's a key piece of information that was somehow left out of all this. So you think this is semantics, basically? Like, you think Gutekind's is playing semantics where he's not telling the entire story either, where maybe we couldn't get in touch with Aaron Rodgers, but we could, in fact, get in touch with his representation. But I'm saying we couldn't get in touch with Aaron Rodgers, so I had to move forward and do my job. I, I'm getting the impression that he spoke personally to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's what it sounds like in that soundbite, right? Right after the season ended, they had a good conversation. He said, sounds like he actually spoke to Aaron Rodgers. Then he's saying that he couldn't get in touch with him after that and that they were expected to have follow-up conversations. You're right. It would be 
pretty remarkable to think that Aaron Rodgers' agent wouldn't be returning the Packers' phone calls because it's quite literally the agent's job, right? And, and normally the agent wouldn't, wouldn't want to burn bridges anyways because typically those agents represent more players than just one guy. And even if he's mo- your most important client, still you're not going to burn the bridge for everybody else. And so you want to keep your own decent relationship with that front office. You would at least return calls even if you weren't saying much during those phone calls. This seems like an actual disconnect between Aaron Rodgers personally and Brian Gutekunst. Correct. Now, if we're talking about the agent getting involved, I find that interesting that the Packers, did they go that route? Did they not go that route? To my previous point, should have been a follow-up on that. But to your point, talking about Rodgers and Gutekunst and whether or not they should have spoken or, or, or what the correct decorum is here, if Rodgers told him at the end of the year he was going to stay in touch with them, then that's on Rodgers if he just decided to ghost him. You know, I don't think it's... It, if you're going to win Super Bowls, if you're going to compete for championships, this type of stuff is not going to help. The idea that the GM needs to talk to the player or that they need to work something out and one party won't call the other one back. Like, imagine if Rodgers was out here telling the world, I was trying to call the Packers all offseason. I wanted to discuss my future with them. I wanted to see where we were headed, what their plans were, and how we were going to approach 2023, and they wouldn't call me back. They never decided to call me back. Imagine how we would feel about the organization in that Mm -hmm. situation. We think they're incompetent. How could you not pick up the phone for Aaron Rodgers? How could you not call him back? Well, now flip it around. If this is true... What's Rogers' deal? What's his excuse? Why didn't he want to talk to him? Does he have to? Probably not, but is it good business? If you wanted to stay in Green Bay, if you want things to go your way, if you want a deal to the Jets facilitated, why burn bridges? Something my old man always taught me. Don't burn bridges. You never know when you're going to have to go back over them. I mean, a lot of these guys in that league end up not dealing with it personally. They end up letting their representations handle it. They don't return phone calls all the time. I mean, I can tell you, even on the lawyer side, when you represent a bunch of NFL players as their legal counsel, getting them to call you back is sometimes a very difficult task. You'd be surprised. And so it's the world those guys live in. Everybody's pandering to them all the time. People have been pandering to them their entire lives. They're used to, you know, people handling things for them. They're used to not necessarily having to take the responsibility onto themselves. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers falls into that category or if Aaron Rodgers was being salty and that's why he wasn't returning the phone calls of the Green Bay Packers or if he was in some dark hole somewhere without access to a cell phone. Like, who knows what was happening and why, but it does feel like there's a disconnect between him and the organization. What I don't like is even if, for whatever reason, you're not actually returning the calls and you don't personally want to talk to Brian Gutekunst, and fine, you're you know a, a multi-time MVP and you're one of the best players and and whatever that guy thinks he's bigger than the franchise I don't know if I have a huge problem with that particular guy having that ego but I think what's interesting about this is then going on the Pat McAfee show and making it sound so different to all of us like if you know that like you've got 10 missed calls and Brian Kudikins on your call log then to go on McAfee and make it sound like you were so blindsided by the way that the Packers treated you and that you thought that everything was hunky-dory and then you heard rumors around the league from other players that they were shopping you and that's why now you're requesting a trade to the New York Jets it seems like a total flip of the script and I the truth's gotta lie somewhere in the middle like neither of these parties feel like they're telling us the truth best thing you could possibly say right there best thing 
best thing is that somewhere in the middle, neither party is being 100% honest, or at least as to the facts played out. Maybe they're, they're seeing things differently or they're not interpreting them the same way, but the reality is there's no way the Packers tried to get in touch with Rodgers that many times, and at the same time, Rodgers went into the darkness, 90% sure he was going to retire, was getting all these calls from the Packers, was intentionally stiffing them, went into the darkness, came out, heard about what was happening, and then was suddenly so shocked by all of it he needed a trade how can you possibly be shocked you say it yourself how can you be shocked when they were calling you all offseason trying to talk right. to you those two things don't line up so the no. truth is probably in the middle both of us are bitter this is how breakups usually go you're not going to get 100 truth from either party yeah uh it, it's very hard to be happily divorced and it appears that that's the direction that we're headed although i don't know he isn't a new york jet yet New York Jets still do seem confident. They're over here at the owners' meetings saying that negotiating with Lamar Jackson would be disingenuous because they're so far along, they think, in their negotiations with Aaron Rodgers. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh here with you on Joe and Amber. Find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Now it is time for us to take a little look-see at all the sound from the last 24 hours. Let's sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. The Patriots, they missed the playoffs for the second time in three years, and former Patriot Devin McCourty told WEEI last week that the locker room was split between Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi last season. So why should Patriots fans hope for the future, have any hope for the future? Well, here's the head coach of the Patriots, Bill Belichick. What would you say to them to give them a reason to be optimistic for what's ahead? last 25 years we bring in our producer james Steele. that's such a uh that's such a, Bill <laughs> that's such a belichick answer, answer. i mean what'd you expect so you expect amazing. a narrative it's like it's like, we're, it's like he's scripted at this point you know right it's like a tv show at this point <laughs> come right. on bill got right. new material <laughs> so uh joe how concerned should patriot fans be about the future of their favorite team they should absolutely be concerned. Why not? The past 25 years is exactly that. It's the past 25 years. Respect Bill Belichick. Love Bill Belichick. Admire Bill Belichick. Remember Bill Belichick and especially remember him fondly. Look at what you guys accomplished. It's the greatest NFL run the sport has ever seen. It's one of the greatest sports runs of all time anywhere on the planet. But that's the past. 
He even says that all the time, too. we got to put those Super Bowls behind us. we got to look to the future. And the future doesn't look that great because while you have a solid defense, there are questions as to whether or not you have a legitimate franchise quarterback in Mac Jones. Bailey Zappi stepped in and played okay last year. And given how spoiled this organization and fan base has been since Tom Brady was there, you're obviously going to look for any glimmer anywhere you can. So, yes, you should be concerned because right now, based on the odds, you're the fourth best team in your own division, and your win total for this year, which just came out, seven and a half. Seven and a half, which means if you want to win on an overbet, the Patriots need to go eight and nine. Standards are much lower than they used to be. And the other teams in your division have gotten better this offseason, and yet the New England Patriots have remained pretty darn boring throughout this offseason and last season, and Patriots fans aren't used to their franchise being boring. I mean, we hardly talk about the Pats here because there's not much to talk about. They're just not particularly interesting, and when there is something to talk about, it's normally something negative, like McCourty talking about the in the locker room, the support for Bailey Zappi over Mac Jones. It's not necessarily good stories. Here's a one from today that we got about the New England Patriots from the owners' meetings. Robert Kraft, he revealed that Meek Mill had texted him about Lamar Jackson, saying Lamar Jackson wants to play in New England, and he apparently replied that's up to Bill Belichick. So now the story is going to be, do they move on from Mac Jones? Do they get into the Lamar Jackson game? That's going to be the most interesting component of this New England Patriots offseason. Short of them doing that, though, Joe, everything got better in this division, particularly the Dolphins got a lot better in this division this offseason. They're a stacked team. The Jets I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers is going to end up there. They got a lot better this offseason if, in fact, he does end up there. The Patriots are in trouble unless unless we're having the Lamar Jackson conversation. But I'm surprised to hear from Meek Mill via Robert Kraft that Lamar even really wants to go there because weapons not necessarily the thing I think of either when I think of New England, which is a problem in Baltimore for Lamar. Current Dolphins, speaking of the Dolphins, head coach Mike McDaniel coached in Washington for three years. And when he was told how much the commanders could be sold for, he could only think of one thing. Wow, the organization's worth that much? And, you know... I couldn't get free coffee. Amber, <laughs> <That's so laughs> <great. laughs> Amber, your thoughts on uh, your coach's reaction to the <laughs> commanders potentially uh, being sold for seven billion dollars or around there? It's so good. It, Mike McDaniel is so fun, and he's so low key good for this generation because. TikTok's all the rage, right, Joe? And Mike McDaniel is like the most TikTokable coach, if that's even a term. I don't know. Whatever kids are saying these days. The point is that there's all these clips all the time of Mike McDaniel all over my social media. And yes, in part because I'm a Dolphins fan, but also because he gives you the clips. He gives you the, the sound bites that are hilarious and they're so postable. And also they conjure up the reaction from people. He's just so funny in his own Mike McDaniel zany kind of way. And this is a testament to that. He should have gotten free coffee if they're worth that many billions of dollars. <laughs> the, the Washington Commanders are an absolute embarrassment of an organization, not of a sports team. I'm not going to use that phrase. I'm talking about as a business, as an organization globally. They're an embarrassment, and their results are embarrassing. It doesn't surprise me to see something like this. There are so many people that have spoken out about their time under Daniel Snyder in Washington, and none of it is ever any good. Take care of the people that work for you, and they'll take care of you. 
And at every turn, it seems like everybody who has come into contact with Snyder has nothing but negative things to say about him. These guys couldn't get free coffee. Your coaching staff. It's hard to believe. I have to, like, it's funny, but come on. No free, I've never worked at a company that doesn't have free coffee, ever. I mean, Shanahan. Including the Miami Dolphins. Mike Shanahan had an awful breakup with them. And Kyle Shanahan has made comments like this in the past because all these guys were together, like Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel. They were all working under Mike Shanahan. And at times, every single one of them has let something like this slip. slip. I remember covering Shanny in San Francisco. He does not speak fondly about the Washington franchise at all. He was actually much more outspoken than McDaniel, and he certainly didn't have the the humor to it either. Like, Mike comes across as like a stoner. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I can't get coffee, it's dude. Part, like, part he's so brilliant. It's hilarious. He's, he's like absolutely a, hilarious, but the organization like, like, like Mitch Hedberg. Wow, that's a really old, dated reference that probably most people aren't <laughs> going to get. <laughs> there you go. Uh, R.I.P. Charles Barkley has never shied away from throwing criticism at Kevin Durant, and his interview on 60 Minutes is no exception to that. Here is Barkley on how he views KD. He's very sensitive, great player. He's part of that generation who think he can't be criticized. He's never looked in the mirror and says, Man, was that a fair criticism? We're in agreement. Today's players are a little more sensitive to criticism than your That would be an understatement. Uh, KD responded on Twitter. This ain't getting, uh, quote, this ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out of your mouth. Fam, just deal with it. Joe, where does KD versus Charles Barkley rank as far as rivalries in the NBA right now? I mean, all Durant really did was validate everything. (laughs) No kidding. That Barkley said on 60 Minutes, like Barkley said he's sensitive, and then he shows his sensitivity, and he's done that before. Nothing wrong with being sensitive, but you're in the public spotlight, and people are going to have criticism, just or not. How you handle the criticisms is the only thing you can control. Kevin Durant can't control what Charles Barkley is going to say. He can't control what the media is going to say. He can only control how he is going to respond to it. That's how he chooses to respond to it. Fine. But don't get upset when people call you sensitive because that's exactly what's happening. You're sensitive. In terms of rivalries in the NBA, Dylan Brooks versus everybody probably ranks a little bit higher for me. But anything involving Charles Barkley is always pretty solid. So I've got to think that through. I like um, Stephen A. Smith versus J.J. Redick. I like Jay Williams versus Stephen A. Smith. I think those are some good rivalries as well that you have to consider. Wow, company man through and through, yeah. aren't you, Joe Fortin? Yeah. I see what you did there. You echoed one of the sentiments of the biggest life lessons that there ever are, right? Where don't uh, you can't control what other people do. You can only control how you react to it. You can only re- control your reactions. And that's true through and through. It's true here as well. Kevin Durant seems to have maybe missed that lesson at times. I'm sure it's also a lot easier for those of us that try to practice that lesson on the outside, practicing it over here when not everybody is trying to make us react at all times. Like it's probably a lot harder to block out the noise when you're Kevin Durant and yeah. the noise is very, very loud. I will, I will give you that. But Kevin Durant has always had a hard time not reacting a very hard time. Charles Barkley's not going to stop. And Kevin Durant, frankly, probably not going to stop reacting. And that's exactly what feeds into Barkley's point about KD. With UConn 73-61 loss to Ohio State this weekend, the Huskies' streak of making it to the Final Four every year since 2007 is over. Here's Coach Gino Ariema on possibly an end of an era. The problem with streaks is the longer they go, you're... <clears throat> you're closer to it ending than you are to the beginning of it. 
And it's just a matter of time. You know, it's not like when will it happen. It's just a matter of time. I mean, it's not if it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time when it's going to happen. Um, and it's going to ha- it was going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, it's not, you know, it's an impossibility to do what we've done already. What's the next highest streak? Nine or something like that? Regionals in a row? Something like that? It's a big difference between nine and 29, right? Um, and... Um, and you take that, you know, in stride and you say, yeah, it was great while it lasted. And it's a credit to all the players that we had and uh, all the times that you have to perform um, really, really well at this level. Amber, how impressive has UConn's run been? I mean, unbelievably impressive. Any run that spans quite literally nearly decade over a decade and a half with this streak is incredibly impressive. I thought, though, everything that Gino Armiama just said, Joe, was just so poignant. And, I mean, boy, did he sound wise. And he said all the right things about it because it's true. The problem with a streak is that you're closer to the end of it probably than you are to the beginning of it, particularly one that's gone on this long. It's been an unbelievable run for UConn. At some point, that run was going to come to an end, but an an incredible accomplishment. I mean, he's probably already making money from this sort of thing, but when Gino Ariema hangs it up, if he wants to start any sort of consulting business where he's advising, consulting, lecturing, teaching on leadership, on culture, on what it takes to succeed, he would make an absolute fortune. The man built a beast, a juggernaut, the likes of which have been seen. I mean, we were just talking about the Patriots and the run they had. Then you throw this at me. This is even more impressive. Like, they have dominated their respective craft, and they've raised the level of the competition. They've, they've been great for everybody. Women's basketball is really taking another step forward in terms of popularity, in terms of viewership, in terms of everything. And, and it's been fun to watch. The game, the sport itself has gotten better, and he's a big part of that. I mean, for it to be over, it's one of those, what's the famous phrase? Uh, Don't be sad because it's over, smile because it happened. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it's something like that. It's incredible what that guy has accomplished in his career. Yeah, I mean, the 16-year streak for making the Elite Eight and 14-year streak for advancing to the Final Four were records across men's and women's basketball. It's just been incredible uh, what they have done, but very, very clearly incredible what Gino Ariema has done. Coming up next here. On Joe and Amber, March Madness has certainly lived up to its name this year. We're going to get into the men's bracket as well. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. San Diego State, Florida Atlantic, Miami, and UConn. It's just like we all predicted it. Predicted it, right, Joe? I mean, it's just so predictable, this final four. Not a team... Under a four seed here in this final four. No blue bloods uh, in the last couple rounds. It's, it's exactly how we all saw it going here in March. I would take that sarcastic tone of yours, Mrs. Wilson, and I would remember that of everybody at ESPN Radio oh, here who we is go. in a bracket together, here there is go. only one individual who still has a champion alive. Mm-hmm. And you, my friend, are blessed with the opportunity to work <laughs> with that individual. So you are welcome, James Steele. You are welcome to the beautiful people out there listening. You are all welcome. James Steele is actually showing you in the Zoom. You are not alone. James Steele also in his bracket had UConn. As is he in the, the official ESPN radio champion. bracket? He is not in the official not, not. ESPN so, radio yeah. bracket. You, so it is, you are it is correct. 
it still is, hold because our, our ESPN radio bracket, I think, is just for the on air on air talent. <laughs> um, I didn't say so, that, James. She said that. I, know, I yeah, advocated I, I for you it. and everybody else. I know. I, she I didn't, didn't care. Say, she said, on, keep that, that trash decision, in its own lane. That wasn't my decision. I'm just telling you who's on this bracket challenge. <laughs> I'm looking at it right now. Joe Fortenbaugh, right now with UConn, and he is right. The only one who has a winner still alive. Somehow, you're still sitting in second place behind Chris Canty, yep. who had Houston as his shame. national champion. It's a shame. We just need to get UConn home. All the points come in the late rounds. It's, it's what they say about Joe Fornball. He breaks late. Don't worry about the start. He breaks late. Is but jokes aside, this knows? tournament has been awesome. Absolutely awesome. Your Miami Hurricanes have looked fantastic. Doubted the entire way. As I build myself up and talk all this trash, I was anti-Miami from the start. I thought Drake was going to take him out. Miami has been legit. If you look at the final 13 minutes of that game in the Elite Eight against Texas, they mm-hmm. outscored them 37-17. to They knocked down 21 of 23 free throws. Kids, hit your free throws. If you need to go granny style or use the backboard, don't be ashamed. This time of year, free throws are huge. San Diego State Elite defense, 12 straight unders dating back to before the tournament. They take out Alabama, and then they handle Creighton, who was a darling in the eyes of many. You work your way around the bracket. Kansas State, everyone got excited about them. Boo-hoo, Florida Atlantic. Talk about toughness. At every stage, they have risen up. And then UConn, in the toughest of all the regions, in my personal opinion, they were able to get some help with Arkansas knocking off Kansas, but they knocked off Arkansas. They shut down Gonzaga, they have held their four opponents to an average of 59 points per game, which is insane. So this sets up to be a beautiful, unique, fun, interesting final four. Huskies open up as a five and a half point favorite over Miami. Florida Atlantic is a two point dog to San Diego State. When you talk about your future prices, your favorite to win it all is Connecticut, minus 125, followed by San Diego State at four to one, Miami at plus 450, Florida Atlantic at plus 625. Plus 625. It's remarkable because you called them my Miami Hurricanes, which. Is, you know, it always a little uncomfortable for me because I'm like, it's my Florida Gators. But then also, you know, having been in Miami for 20 years and, and talking so much about the Canes and Jim Laranega and having him on the shows when I was hosting local down there for so long, I do have a certain amount of affection for that program. And I didn't even have Miami in this position. Like, I believed in Miami more than most because I also saw them coming because I was a little bit more up to date on them throughout the regular season than probably a lot of people filling out brackets. And I I had them getting bounced after the Elite Eight as well. I had them losing in the Elite Eight. Here we are with them in the Final Four, but I had no idea FAU, which is a school, you know, just up the coast in Boca Raton, uh, which is, you know, our, well, well, traffic in Miami, a little over that, but, you know, roughly an hour north of Miami. Nobody could have predicted FAU. And what's so funny about this from the South Florida perspective is we are one game away from an FAU Miami National Championship. That is a game that if it was played in any other month at just home for, you know, in Boca on FAU's campus, there would be like 1,500 people at it. It's the type of situation <laughs> like, that, that gets... might be a lot. I might be overestimating that. And then that could be the national championship. 
It's the type of situation that gets DeSantis selected. He can sit there and claim those are his schools, his state's the greatest. You people in Florida, you're lunatics. I love you all. You're lunatics. My parents live there. I know how it works. <laughs> Kidding with the political humor, just, everyone. I'm just, I'm just no keeping my mouth real shut right now. Yeah, no need to get worked <laughs> up, everybody. We're just having some fun here. It's what we try to do on Joe and Amber Week. No, but you're right. You are right. Eastern. It is. It's the type of thing where, like, any politician, no matter the party, it's like you go, you kiss some babies, all of a sudden, like. Like you wear the school colors. All of a sudden, right. you're rooting for both schools. You're playing both sides. The because bozo both split hat, right? Yes, that they do in the, baseball, the bozo yes, split hat. A hundred Terrible hat. The, the, the photo ops, those opportunities when the schools are close. UConn is the only school that we could have all seen as here. I mean, UConn, Maybe. I feel yeah. like... UConn, a lot of people did have you. Joe Fortman, not the only person on planet Earth who had they, UConn in this position. I didn't believe in UConn this season, though. You were smarter than me. Well, they started hot. They were outstanding, but then they stumbled a little bit and people checked out and they didn't even win their conference tournament. So a lot mm-hmm. of people thought if you can't win that, how are you going to win this? But sure enough, top 20 in both offensive and defensive efficiency entering the tournament. Very well coached. Very elite. They have blown out everybody so far. They are absolutely your odds on favorite and for good reason. But you can't sleep on anybody at this point this thing is up for grabs in my opinion any of the four can win it was a wide open tournament and who's in it uh, still is certainly a testament to that Miami certainly spent money in terms of NIL in getting players FAU not the same budget in terms of NIL so a lot of different types of representation here in March Madness coming up next Lamar Jackson we go back to Baltimore Joe and Amber the podcast Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 